world, you cool cats and space cowboys. It's time for Cosmic Tea with your host, Avalon Starlight. Hello, 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 everybody. I am so excited because in this episode of Cosmic Tea, I have someone who's pretty freaking cosmic, let me tell you. She is probably one of the biggest badass spiritual advisors that I know. She is a mystic through and through. She is psychic. She is a medium. She communicates with animals. If you need somebody to steer you in the right direction, who's got a little bit of spice and a little bit of sass, then we're in the conversation for you because I got to tell you, even receiving her emails, I feel like I like I sometimes I'm like, get out of my get out of my head, Lauren, get out of my head. So I'm excited to introduce you all to Lauren K. Wyatt today on Cosmic Tea. She is a delight. Hello, Lauren. Hi, Avalon. So happy to be here with you and all of your people. I'm so excited to have you here too. And I'm actually going to, if you're okay, I want to start with like what happened yesterday. Can I talk about that? Let's, let's go for it. Right. Because I'm a big believer, you know, that I work with empaths and highly sensitive people that if we are having a day and we have to get really good about reading our own energy and understanding our own like uh, ecosystems. And so yesterday I signed in, we were supposed to have our podcast episode. So I tune in with Lauren and I looked at Lauren and I was like, I, I can't record today. I don't feel well. It had some gluten. It was having a negative effect in me. And Right within the first like five minutes of you and I conversing, I would love to hear your take on what happened because I want to hear it from your perspective. So I was and still am super excited to connect with Avalon as every conversation we have. It's just like I'm like transported to this other place. And I just have been looking forward and to be invited to talk on our podcast. So I get there. And Avalon's there and she informs me she's not, she's not feeling well. And I'm like, girl, what? And, and then I was like a little concerned because I'm an empath and I start to like give supportive, what I perceive as being like some supportive stuff and also kind of noticing that I'm a little pissed that she didn't. Like, I'm concerned that she doesn't feel well. I can tell she's like having like a different kind of day than I'm having. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't she just cancel the appointment? And so I have all that going on. And so I'm going to give you throw the ball back to you now. (laughs) I love that. So what actually happened is we had like a tense moment. There is like this tension where you called me out and it was like, listen, like if you didn't know and I'm here trying to help you and I want to offer kind, like supportive things and you're kind of, you didn't, Lauren didn't say this. I'm going to like improvise here. You're kind of being a dick, Avalon. Like you're like, again, Lauren wouldn't say that. I'm just kind of, well, I might, I might say that. You might. Okay. Lauren might say it. I did say she was spicy and and saucy. (laughs) And so in that moment, there was this really beautiful 
opportunity. And I wanted to start with this because like we come in contact with people all the time who are our mirrors, who reflect back to us opportunities to see ourselves through a different lens or in a different light. And Lauren getting aggravated and annoyed with me actually gave me permission to actually sit back and ask myself, why did I just close down? Because I had noticed that something Lauren had said shut me down. And I was like, damn, I shut down. So I, I am thanking Lauren for giving me an opportunity because how often is it? And I'm going to tie this into what you do, by the way. Um, <laughs> how often do we have this opportunity to have conflict in, in conversation? And instead of attacking or shutting down or, or like doing some form of like defense mechanism that we pause. And we reflect and we take a moment because sometimes empaths to empath conversations, we can, it can be all sorts of like feelings. And so like being able to pause and reflect on oneself, it was so nurturing to me to actually have somebody kind of like push up against me because I don't get that in every day of my life, right? Like I don't get that in everyday conversations with my husband or anybody else. So I just, I just wanted to start with that because I think that I want to shift the narrative of having conflict conversations and a conflict resolution. And so I would love to toss it back to you because I know that that's something that's actually kind of important to you. Is it not? It is so important. And it is something that I wish didn't have to be so important because conflict, ugh. Um, yeah, so I, what happens with me, and this is like a part of the work, and I'm going to tie it into this story, is that there's something that I call the illusion of drama, and it's something that I can get caught up in as an empath, where I'm feeling so I'm feeling Avalon in this case. I'm also aware that that um like we're we're in some kind of disagreement. I'm like, why didn't she just cancel? I'm trying to like assist her and she's like shutting down. She's not interested in what I have to say. And I'm like here and I don't like this. And if I were, there are ways to use these different illusions that we'll get into more as we talk, where it's used in this conscious and enlightened way. And I could have just said, okay, you know what? I need to go or been totally fake. Bye. I hope you feel better. Um, and then I would, because I know myself, I would have like internalized it and held it when it really wasn't a big deal to begin with. But this time I felt the drama. I felt the energy of the conflict and I gathered it up and I hope it was like a responsible way that I did this. And I gave it back to you. I was just like, you know what? I feel like, I don't know what I said, like something like, I feel like you're really like resistant to anything that I'm saying or like you're mad. And and I'm also, I'm mad at you too for not handling right. a busy day and like all, and it was really cool to move through that because conflict it is a part of relationships and we can choose how to respond to it and we don't have to make someone bad or wrong for being in conflict with us there's always an opportunity 
And it has become a lot of a big part of the work I do with relationships. Right. Which you mentioned, and I think it's important because if people are like, oh, you have this illusion of drama thing, and they're not going to be able to tie that really to anything at this moment. So can you go back now and share a little bit about um, what it is that this work is? This, this, because I took a quiz from Lauren that teaches you the illusion of your relationships, right? Like there's how many illusions are there first and foremost? At the moment, there are six illusions of relationship. And what these are is there, there are these patterns of illusion, these loops that we get stuck in and where we unconsciously block ourselves from receiving abundance, from experiencing love and fulfillment within our relationships, within ourselves. And I do have this quiz that puts people in touch with which illusion is like, which illusion is asking to be looked at. And really the illusions don't really want to be looked at, but if, if you're someone who's interested and having, because it is very confrontational, like the content, it because we don't usually want to see our illusions. Like we see reality the way that we want. And when we're willing to see them, and I put it through the context of the illusions of relationship, you're like this with yourself. <laughs> Looking at it like it's like looking in a mirror um, with your your. So let me ask you a question for because I think that sometimes words have a very broad meaning and I want to hear your definition of the word illusion. So that when we're talking about the illusion of relationship, people can kind of have a, a narrower, narrower idea of your perspective here. That's an awesome question. And I hope I do a good job of answering it. I don't think there's a wrong way to answer the question. Right. Yes. To me, an illusion, it's it's a misconception. It's a misperception. It's something that like we think is true, and some of it is partially true. And a lot of the collective has has bought into it being true, and it's influenced by our conditioning, by society, by our upbringing. It's rooted in mistaken thinking and mistaken thinking and illusions. It's just where you're not actually seeing something clearly. You're just seeing what you've been told to see, what you've internalized, what you're seeing. And if we're able to at least acknowledge, hey, like maybe this isn't clear. Like what I, the way I see this, like it's not rooted in in truth there's like some murkiness here and and then peeling it back a little bit more when we buy into an illusion it's rooted in what i refer to as spiritual poverty which which means that we're disconnected from from our from ourselves from our divine selves from from the core of who we are, we're disconnected from the divine, whatever way you want to define it. And in that disconnection, we start grasping 
for validation. We start like the, and the different ways that we grasp come through what I call the illusions of relationship. And I'm sure there are so, so many different combinations and ways, but it's in a system of six six different. Which I want to get to. I want to actually talk about each of these independently, but I think part of the things that I want to bring to my listeners is the ability to understand what our gifts are and how they begin to manifest in our lives. Because I think that being psychic, being um, intuitive, being able to understand your own relationship and uh, with spirit and being able to trust the information that we receive. I want to take it a little back if you're, if you're open to, to telling, we're going into the history of Lauren K. Wyatt. And I want to talk a little bit about like, have you always known you were psychic? Like, is this something that you can remember from your childhood as being just somebody and how did it pronounce for you? Like, how did you know that you were experiencing um, anything mystical at that time? Well, I would, I would see fairies in my bedroom as a kid and they were my friends And I would see dead people (laughs) walking around. Um, I would know what people were thinking, what they were feeling. And this was like my, my world and my perception. But as I got older, I realized this is, well, this is what I made up. This isn't okay. This isn't okay. I don't know what this is. And from, um, from a young age, like I I remember seeing this little girl who had passed away a couple years ago at the school that I went to and, and I saw her and I was like, I think that's her. And she was a grade younger than me. So I asked people who knew her, like what she looked like. And it was all tracking as I remember being very, impacted by that this person who was close in age to me had died and anyway so I tell another friend of mine who is a little spooky as well and she's she's like yes and then other people caught on to what we were talking about they wanted to know more I they were curious but you know some people were kind of making fun and I was like I'm going to be in so much trouble if my mom finds out she's going to say that I'm lying. There's a lot of, there was a lot of, um, I want to say miscommunication in my home, like where if I said something to my parents, I, I was kind of seen as like the bad person. You know what I mean? So anyway, I decided to just not like keep it to myself but I would still always see colors around people and dead people and know things. And I was just like, I just want to fit in. I just want to fit in. I don't want to go talk to the priest. I just want to pretend like I am a normal person, even though this is quite normal. I'm seeing her. And so like some people I talk to, like when they decide to close down, like, so for me, when I decided that I, I listen, you need to like, not give me any of this stuff. I, it just disappeared completely until I was ready to 
to reconnect to my spiritual self. Did that ever go away for you or was it just kind of in the background? And then it, it like, and how did you re, like bring it back into the forefront of who you are in your business and stuff? It didn't go away, but I didn't appreciate it enough. I didn't listen to it enough. Um, and in, in an effort to be normal, I would in, enjoy substances like alcohol a little too much. I'd like go out late at night. I enjoyed alcohol because it allowed me to like connect with people like on a more genuine level. Just looking back, these are my thoughts, but it never occurred to me that my gift could be useful in any kind of way. It was just something I was tolerating. And there was a point in my life where I had a health, I had a health crisis. I was, I'd broken up with a boyfriend. I like my dreams were shattered. I had a new relationship. It was just, my life was a mess. I had a health thing happen. And it was really clear to me. And another woman, another spiritual teacher assisted me in seeing this. I went to her for a Reiki massage and she was like right there with me and kind of like, let me know like how, you know, not in alignment I was. And Can I fast ask forward. how long ago that was, Lauren? This was in, I had my session with her in 2009, in May of 2009. And then, oh my God. Yeah. So I was, I was in my twenties, like when this happened and I, I come, I do the homework she gave me. It took me a year to do it. I come back in, I'm like totally healed from the health stuff. And she invites me to get my Reiki attunements with her. And I remember thinking, you think that I can do what you do? Like, are you kidding me? And she's like, oh, absolutely. And then everything just came flooding in. And and I told my husband, I was like, we may need... He wasn't my husband at the time, by the way. I was like, we may need, I I may need to go to like the asylum or something. (laughs) Like I'm seeing and hearing things. I can't sleep. Ghosts are getting into bed with me. I had all these boundary issues even with with the dead and ghosts and spirits. And, and he was, he, I remember he looked at me and he said, you're not, you're not crazy. You just need to like learn how to use this gift. It's a gift. You're not crazy. And he knew what he was talking about because his mother has schizophrenia. And I am, I will always be grateful that he encouraged me. So I met with my teacher. I found all the good teachers and I was completely committed to learning how to interpret everything to getting myself healed. And 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 here we are. 
Which is really, so can I ask, like, I just have these random questions that pop into mind. What were you doing? Is your like day normal life at that time? And then when you like have this huge awakening and all of your, I call them empath gifts come raging up to the top, did that impact or affect your day-to-day life? Like how were you showing up for a regular job and were you like, whoa, 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 this is becoming too much for me. And then how did that transition into what you do now? That's so cool. So I did not have a normal job. I was doing freelance writing. I was doing some accreditation coordination for this hospital. And I had some different freelance writing things. So I was like working at home as an entrepreneur. And I was still just like, what, what is going on? Um, And all of this is just, it's flooding in and I spend a lot of time at this point with my family of origin and what was interesting is I was scheduled to have surgery and I called my doctor and the reason why I'm bringing this up is just like this was one of the first like outside the box choices that I made um and I started asking him like if I really needed to have this surgery and what I was hearing is, well, you'll, you'll be prolonging the inevitable. And I was like, well, I'm in a terrible state of mind right now to get surgery. So we're going to like wait. And then the health issue went away. Um, but telling my family who was like really concerned about me, maybe having cancer and like all this dramatic stuff and how they were dealing with it. I remember just coming in with like such like confidence, like I'm, I'm choosing to not have surgery and, and they were actually like supportive, which kind of blew my mind (laughs) on it. Um, but how it transitioned into a job is that I, like, I, I still had no idea how this would ever be a job. Like I remember talking to a friend of mine and I said, I just want a job where I can like read tarot cards, give Reiki and help people like feel better. Like not as a therapist, but just this is what I want to do. And he told me I was being horribly irresponsible. And he's like, yeah, he's like, no, you need to get a master's. I don't want to do therapy. I just want to give readings and energy work and he didn't believe in any of that um but then I saw in particular this one one of my teachers who's highly successful and always in integrity she had an amazing business and here this woman was so grounded so in herself speaking about abundance and she's who actually taught me how to read the Akashic Records and do the the spiritual healing work I do. I was like, wait, so I don't have to do freelance work. I could have a business and I can trust my intuition. And that kind of got everything rolling. And my family did not really like that. They didn't understand. And my friends didn't understand. But well, I think this is, I think I like, this is what I call the pivotal point, right? Because ultimately, and you can give your, your 
your idea of this as well. There comes a point in, in when we're working with our intuition or working with spirit or working with a higher divine force, right? Where we are called to, like, I always think of um, this, the, the law of vibration, right? And we have our highest vibration, which is a very esoteric vibration. And we have a low vibration, which is our very earthly vibration. Now we all carry a high and low. It's impossible just to live in just simply high vibration. And, and it's impossible to live in low vibration. We have this spectrum. And ultimately what happens is that we take our low vibration and we begin to raise it, right? And as we raise our lower vibration, we begin to access even higher up into, you know, different dimensions and different things. But when we start to raise our vibration, those who do not understand or or do not want to uh, see what is possible in their own lives or don't want to heal themselves begin to get that, that conflict that we were talking about at the beginning of our call. And so the only way that they know how to do it is like, you can't change, you can't leave, uh, you know, something is wrong and try to pull us back down. And, and so I, I almost feel like while you're telling this story, this was that pivotal moment when you began to rise your lowest vibration, you rise like and call people up with you and they just weren't ready to, to, to rise with you. No, they weren't. They weren't ready. And you have actually like this whole, they weren't ready to rise with you. You have been just such a good teacher for me about that is I remember in India, like I, I was just, I have so many like victim empath stories about people not understanding me or all these things that like, when I like, like I'd be like pulled into this instead of being up here and Avalon just looked at me and she's like, just invite them up with you. Just like you, you don't have to go down there. You can just Ask them to like come with you. And if they come, great. If they don't, great. Hearing that was just amazing. And you have no idea how often I remind myself of that and how I share that with with my own clients or friends or when that when it's appropriate. And I'm just like, this is this really awesome person said this to me and it has like stuck with me. Like so I want to say that. And this, you did mention, so once upon a time, uh, Lauren and I spent three weeks in India uh, together, and that is really where our paths crossed. And it was a really pivotal time in both of our lives, which I think that would be a complete other podcast. So we're not going to go into that. I say that to everybody I talk to. That's another podcast episode. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it. Well, then we won't talk about it. But the the (laughs) key here is that you and I were destined to meet. And we did so in 2019. uh, Right before COVID. That was the last trip like coming home from India was right when people were were getting redirected away from traveling through China to get home. And that was that was like, again, a whole experience. But it really is like this understanding that spirit knows what spirit is doing when they're like these two humans need to come into contact. And so you began your Akashic kind of energy readings and things like that. And then you, what, what point did you notice that people were coming to you for relationships? Pretty much like right away. I get, was was that about 10 years ago? Yeah, it was about 10, it was about 10 years ago. And that wasn't what I wanted to work with people on. It just kept, I was like, oh, so much drama. 
but here with the illusion of drama. But I had another awesome mentor, this business coach at the time, and we're talking, we're having like a niche conversation with each other. And and he's like, Lauren, it sounds like relationships is like, like you've had like the most growth, like other than like spiritual growth. And yes, like with your health, absolutely. But this is like the growth that you've had is with relationships. And so, so I started to like, you know, market more in that way and kind of go with the flow of what people were coming to me about anyway. And I'm glad I did. And so then where in this storyline did you begin to notice that there were these six illusions of relationship? Mm. So first they came in as archetypes and I would call them relationship hell archetypes. That sounds like what's your relationship hell archetype? Spicy and saucy. Spicy yeah. and saucy. We call them like and illusions and like the life. dark shadow side of things. Yes. Always. I just I can't have like a lot of eighth house stuff. It is my path and I fully accept that. Um <laughs> But so it's like, what's your relationship hell archetype? And some people loved it. Some people were terrified of it. And, and I just like, you know, sat with that. And then it evolved into the, so I was like, I want to create another quiz, not relationship hell. I want to do something else. So I'm like meditating and waiting. And it's like, okay, I'm going to call it the law. The law. Well, I wasn't from meditation. I'm going to call it the laws of love. Because my company is Love Renegades and I help people break the laws of love. So I want a quiz. And I start like, then I start meditating. And I realize it's just the relationship hell archetypes that are being renamed. And I'm like, okay, great. Funny spirit. And then years later, I have this great idea where I was like, I'm going to demonstrate my expertise and show everybody because if people can see what I do, then ooh, like then they'll 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 want to be like around me more and I can reach people. So it like has this like really egoic but also like practical markety business thing. And and I I I get the download at six people, three months of coaching have them like sign a media release and then do something with the footage. And we'll give you more instructions later. I'm like, okay. So as I'm like working with these people and it came together seamlessly, by the way, I realized this is, these clients are really tough. Like these are some tough clients. Like I was not in any way like looking like this amazing psychic coach. Like that was not happening and it came in really clear where it was just like, um, excuse me, ma'am, this isn't about you. These are about the laws of love, what is now called the illusions of relationship. It's the same thing. It's just different brown branding to like really say what it is. The These are illusions of relationship, and there are six of them that evolved from the relationship hell archetype that became the laws of love. And each person on this thing that I did called the universal love story, each one of them represented one of the illusions of relationship. And I was like, 
I can't make this up. No, it's so, I just love when I hear stories like that, where even if we're trying to deviate from what it is that we are doing, spirit just will always bring us back to the path and bring us back to, you know, that the heart, the meat of our service and, and what we're here for. So can you now, because I, I mean, I'll tell people what mine is after, but can you tell uh, the listeners what the six illusions of relationship are? Yes. So we have the illusion of control, the illusion of sacrifice, the illusion of drama, the illusion of perfection, the illusion of absorption, and the illusion of satisfaction. So personally, I'm the illusion of control. So now I'm going to have you, if you if you can, because I'm like, if I were listening right now, I'd want a little more. I want a little something, something about what each of these, because if I'm listening, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to try and pick out which one I am just by listening to Lauren speak right now. So can you give like a, at least a couple sentences about like what would put somebody in one of these categories? Okay, so illusion of control people are really good at keeping things on track. These people know what's up. They take care of people. They know how to how to get things to run smoothly. And these are great traits. The issue with illusion of control people is that they want to micromanage the universe. What? They want, <laughs> they want things to come. And we all have like a little bit of these, like you'll see yourself in all, I, I see myself in every single one of them, but there's one of that's like our favorite go-to. Um, right. Yeah. So, so they like to micromanage the universe. They can get really like, this is how I want it to look. And the, the episode of the illusion of control, which is called the law of control, I think on my YouTube channel, it's, it's a great episode because my client did not want, like she wanted help with dating and she was so resistant to making an online dating profile, but guess what? And I got into a fight with her in that session. Um, and it's, it's it was filmed she met her husband and they have two little boys now because she was brave enough to get online and go outside of her comfort zone. So she healed the illusion of control slash broke the law of control. That's Love it. So that's the illusion of control. Next. Okay. So now we're going into the illusion of satisfaction. Now, a lot of really service oriented, loving people a lot of them are empaths or healers will get the illusion of sacrifice. This one is sneaky because all of these things that you think makes you like a good person are actually um, not great ways to teach yourself, to teach yourself, to treat yourself. So these illusion of sacrifice people as kind as they are and as heart-centered as they are, they put everyone before themselves. They turn into complete martyrs. They create resentment. They're taken advantage of. They need to like really be aware of boundaries and say no. Right. And it comes well, in like the most covert ways sometimes. It's a tricky one. Interesting. And that we've all in the next I, oh, yeah, 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 totally. And I'm like, I don't know, know what you're talking about. Oh. That one anyway. <laughs> all been there. It, it's just, it's a part of the journey. So the next one is the illusion of drama. This is, this is mine. 
these are like the okay so this one's fun because it comes in either this kind or this kind over here we have the drama queen like this is the one who always has some kind of thing happening with someone or something and highly entertaining these people are charismatic people are drawn to them they're they they're when they're at their best and I'm talking about myself. So I hope that when I'm at my best, I am authentic and I'm emotionally honest. But if I'm in my drama, I'm not being authentic because I'm not connecting with what is truly authentic. So the other part of the uh, illusion of drama, these are the people who completely avoid drama and they create drama and chaos everywhere they go because they're so afraid of getting into some kind of a disagreement with someone. Got it. So we're halfway through. Next. Yes. Okay. So the next one is the illusion of perfection. These, these people are, well, they're perfectionists, obviously. <laughs> um, they're usually like, artistically inclined. They're good at managing. It's different from the illusion of control. They're good at, at managing at making sure that, you know, the details are taken care of, but they don't, they usually will not connect with themselves about what it is that, that really makes them shine. So a lot of like the work that they do or, the ideal relationship template or like the good wife or the good entrepreneur, like these people play roles like we all do, but it's like the role isn't authentic and you're trying to play a role perfectly. And that, that creates issues. Right. And then the fifth one, illusion of absorption. Can I just say right now that I think it's funny that we are both with husbands who have this, this illusion. Like when we jumped on, I'm like, oh, look at us loving on the same kind of man. Right. Oh, my gosh. So illusion of absorption. This one is actually like the the most complicated, I, in my opinion. These people are really, really smart. They They read a lot. They know a lot. And about like whatever it is that catches their attention. Um, they almost have like an engineering kind of like a mind where they see, they want to know like how things work. Um, my husband happens to be an engineer. So that's anyway. So what they do is that they can get, they can go way too internal and get really absorbed in their own head and their own way of, handling situations and it's like they think they've done everything to to resolve a conflict or get to a new level but they're really just afraid of getting out of their comfort zone and so they keep trying to refine what it is that they know and they do that but they're stuck like these people are there's nobody else in the conversation with them really exactly Exactly. Yeah. It's a, oh. it's a really tough one. My husband uh, also uh, does all of the refining of the podcast. So he's going to hear me say this. And I'm like, this makes sense to me because like in his mind, he's had the conversation with me in my, in his mind, he has like, like 
come up to me. We've had a conversation. It's been resolved, like, and he's moved on. But the part that was missing is the part where he actually came up to me and had a conversation. Because he did it in his mind, but not in the physical world. And that's that's an amazing example for illusion of absorption people because their fear of intimacy comes up and just taking that next step and being there like in real time with the person or what it is that they're facing because they don't want to be wrong or rejected. Interesting. What's the last illusion, Lauren? The illusion of satisfaction. This one is really weird. I, re- I remember that like how it really was like, oh, like when I was doing the universal love story, I couldn't wrap my head around why this beautiful, successful, kind woman, um, why she like wanted a relationship so badly and why it wasn't happening. Like she was doing all the right things and we'll, we'll say timing, whatever. Like there's so many different factors. Illusion of sacrifice people. Can I just pause for a second? This is satisfaction, illusion of of satisfaction people. Because we talked about sacrifice. Yeah. So I just want to make sure. Thank you. Thank you. We're talking about the illusion of satisfaction. Everything I said, minus my like verbal typo is (laughs) about the illusion of satisfaction. So these are people who are highly successful they're accomplished and they've also been through hell and back. Like these are people who have worked hard to rebuild their lives after going through like some kind of blow. Like, and, not, and I say that nonchalantly, like it's usually a big thing, like some, like a divorce, infidelity, a financial crisis, a health, like a health crisis, like something where they're like, they can't be who they were before and they rebuild their life. So they've rebuilt things are great. Everyone looks up to them and they are so afraid of really going there and connecting with what it is that they want. Cause they're afraid. It's not a conscious thing at all. They're afraid that if they do something different, they're going to blow their lives up and they're going to be mm-hmm. where they were again. Got you. And so when you talk about spiritual poverty, right? So like if we're caught in our illusion of our relationship, this is where we're in like completely out of alignment, like not in kind of like in human design or not self. I would say it's, it's very not self and it's very much just the, like what's coming in is like the Maya, which is is the is the illusion where we we think things are a certain way it's our conditioning it's what what we've been told is true it's what we've unconsciously absorbed is true and instead of connecting with the divine in an authentic way or with who we are as a divine being and you know, following your strategy and inner authority with human design, it helps us connect more with that part of ourselves. When we're not doing that, like connecting, we're out here grasping for control. We're staying locked in our own absorption. We're giving, giving, giving so that we can maybe receive love from people. We're doing all these things for some kind of reward that doesn't exist and 
that comes from that place of spiritual poverty and it's what drives us to make these choices. So I, I, can I just ask, because I love the way that you tied it there. Cause that just gave me the sensation or feeling of like spiritual poverty. Cause I've never quite got it. Even when I was reading it in the emails until the way that you just defined it there, like spiritual poverty is like where you are so separate from spirit. Yes. Yes. Spiritual poverty is where you are so separate from spirit and you're gotcha. so out there in the minutiae of the quote unquote real world, which a lot of it in the conversation we're having is an illusion. Got it. And so when people face their illusion of their relationship, what's the outcome for them? Like how did that, like, what does that support in their lives? Well, first, like having that awareness and being willing, willing, being willing to see it. Like, I cannot tell you how many people like unsubscribe, like from, there's a reason now why people get an email, like there are five emails total, why it happens once a week and not every day. Um, Because I'm like, you know, it's probably like a lot, like to get like hit on the head with something like every day. Um, so if you can like really give yourself some time to explore the illusion and notice your reactions to it, like that's a huge step to begin with. Cause now this is in your frame of reference and you're aware of what could be mistaken thinking. And when we're aware of our thinking and the choices that we're making that aren't supporting us, if we're willing to experiment and make new choices, we can create a new reality for ourselves. And I do, I assist people in healing these illusions of relationship through connecting with their their spirit, not being separate from it and moving forward as the divine being that we all are. So I know that you had said in the beginning, you're like, really relationships when it first, when you first started working, how do you feel about that now? Are you like, oh yes, I love working in, in relationships. It's, it is good. There are times when I, um, I remember like it was a few months ago. I was just like, oh, like relation. Like, I don't want to get on the, on a zoom call with two people and they're like, and their drama and their bullshit. Like I'm not a therapist. Um, we all have drama and bullshit and I'll listen, but I don't, I don't have like that skill set. Other people can do that better. But what I've come to embrace is like, I have an unconventional approach to assisting people and that approach is and it it doesn't sound unconventional at all when I say this out loud is you can only have the amazing relationships that you want if you have a good relationship with yourself so and that's my opinion and so I work with clients on healing their relationship with themselves and then taking that out into their relationships with other people. And over the years, I've gotten better with my own boundaries so that I'm not like taking on the drama and going into like 
fight, flight, or freeze or getting into fights where like, I like really care about what they're doing, like being too attached. So it's, it's all a dance. It's all a process, but I I do love relationships. I know you love relationships, but I love, I love, I just want to say thank you because this is again, one of those moments where, you know, like you, you really do answer and show up as, as an authentic human, Lauren, like, you know what I mean? Like you say the truth of what is in your spirit, in your mind and in your heart at all times. Um, and that's one of the things that I most appreciate about you, because even if you know it's going to stir a pot or it's going to cause friction or it's going to, you know what I mean? You're going to come across as a certain way. You do it anyway, because you are in integrity with yourself. And so thank you for answering everything that I'm asking with just that raw honesty that makes you, you, right? Because I just, I can't imagine. Um, and, and I think that that's such an important thing to experience and to witness in this world is like, yeah, no, sometimes I don't want to do relationships and that's like what I do. And I think that that's important for people to hear, right? Like that there's times in all of our businesses where we're like, oh my God, but no one will say it. And yet it's true. <laughs> it is, it is, it is true. And what's really fun is like human design, especially like what I love about it. And I'll tie this into like everything we're talking about is that if you look at two people's charts together, you can clearly see where, like, where they're like, their egos are clashing and like where the not self is coming out. So it's fun to have that conversation with people. And while, and while also acknowledging that I may have discomfort with like all the bullshit and the not self and that I'm still working on my own boundary issues. Boundaries are also in a a very important part of having great relationships as well. Totally. Also, like I could talk on, I will actually write and do an entire episode of Cosmic Tea on boundaries because they affect everything, especially as empaths and highly sensitive people, or even if you're communicating with alternate species, dimensions, like anything, right? Like if you're working in any form in any way with energy, then boundaries are absolutely essential in everything that you do. And Lauren, I know that some people are listening and they're like, how do I do this quiz? How do I get in touch with Lauren? Like, where do I know more information? Where would they go for that? So you can come over to my website. It's Lauren K. Wyatt. That's K-A-Y. But if you just type in Lauren K. Wyatt, it will redirect you to my website. Um, And the quiz is right there. So you can take you can take the quiz. I think it's like maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. Well, like I said, my husband and I have both done the quiz, right? And we have both, uh, I love it because we get them on the same day and I'll read mine out loud and he reads his out loud. And we, I laugh out loud while he's reading his because it's so ridiculously on point. And, and it's been like a, a topic of conversation for us in our, in our relationship, right? So I, I think it's just maybe that's news to you. Your face is like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So it gives us something to kind of like. That's amazing. I love that couples like you two are a couple and you're doing that together. Yeah. That is. Just hearing that makes all of my trials and tribulations. (laughs) 
with my relationship to my work and my content and like why do I have like these why do I have to be this confrontational person like that makes it all worth it so thank you for saying that well my pleasure and I do think because one of the biggest things that I talk about in my work too is is that conflict is essential like conflict is actually what changes us if we stay in a place without any conflict ever then we will never be faced with the parts of ourselves that need to evolve and change and so that conflict is essential it's necessary it is part of growth and expansion so like if you just see yourself as a catalyst for those 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 expressions and people like I can't tell you enough how grateful I was to start yesterday's call with conflict because again, it, when you get to a place where you can pause and and be in in that conflict for a second and say like, is what Lauren's saying right? Is this true for me? Right. So I ran it through my system and went like, oh no, Lauren's very correct. I did shut down at that moment. Why did I shut down? Oh, this is why. And then I shared it with you, and you went, oh, and it was like everything disintegrated, right? Because of that tension that was created. You gave it opportunity to be seen and to be voiced through me. So I, I, I think that what you do and having people in our world that create, that help us like be in response and, and, and be in, in harmony with our conflict is, is a big deal. And there's not a lot of you out there that I know that do it so, so specially and so tastefully and so gently. So thank you. Honey, that is. Thank, thank you. I'm so glad we got in a fight. Like, <laughs> I know, right? like it was like two seconds. It was like this is an empath fight. I'm empath. mad because of this. Huh, was, let me think about that for a second. Oh yeah, no, you have a right to be mad because I shut down. It was like, <laughs> it, and it was necessary. I'm so glad that I said something because it. it what was also awesome is like. And I wasn't expecting anything. Like I was fully prepared to like stomp off the Zoom call <laughs> if I needed to or whatever. But um, illusion of drama. But what, what happened is, is, is I saw the transformation happen. And when you said, you know what, this is, this is actually what's going on. And then I was just filled with this like overwhelming like love and gratitude toward you and also for myself for really willing to risk you know because a lot of people they don't say like illusion of perfection people and illusion of sacrifice people especially they 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 don't say the the thing a lot What's and that felt really good to for it to be received and for it to have actually assisted both of us which like in in empath school during chakra mastery that's one of the things we talk about right because we're receivers of energy as empaths and so we need to be taking in information and running it through our own internal system to to actually be able to understand how it is influencing and affecting us so that we can then send a vibration out that is in truth or in alignment to who we are but it takes receiving that information and then like actually being in like a that pauses everything. That pauses everything. So, Lauren, I love you. Thank you for coming and sharing your divine. I love you, and I want to take energy. that module. So, I wonder if you're going to have things 
Anyway, what we can talk. I'm going to just like, anyway, I'm like, that's you have. I, I feel like the most groundbreaking approach to the chakra system. Like it is so unique and resonates so deeply. And I love your work and I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And please go check out Lauren. Her illusion of relationship quiz is 10 times worth it. Like it's more than you could ever expect. And the thought and the detail that has gone into it has just been evolutionary in my, my marriage and in my relationship. So I highly, highly suggest that you check that out. And I look forward to our next episode where we are going to talk about something just absolutely, hopefully divine that will shift you moving forward in your cosmic relationship to yourself, to the divine, to spirit, to dimensions, to whatever it is that you connect with. With great love, I sign off on today's call.